0: Hello everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're all keeping well, trying to stay positive while we get through these strange times. Let me take you away from all the madness out in the world. You are here to listen to metal being talked about and played. So, the first band I'm going to give you a small introduction to them. They're called Wolf Acid Ritual. So they're a project and a collection of ideas born out of boredom and frustration and a love of all things sludgy, or doom and metal. So the essence of these ideas from Wolf Acid Ritual can be found loitering somewhere around the Kilkenny area. It was here that Wolf Acid Ritual was born at the end of 2019. The elements of drums, bass, guitar and vocals came together under the vision and guidance of one. So Wolf Acid Ritual says they walk a path not unlike once spoken of a young gun known as Dirty Steve, would you believe? He is quoted as saying, we're in a spirit world, asshole, they can't even see us. So open your eyes, take a look around, scratch the surface and question everything. Wolf Acid Ritual writes, designs, records and mixes all their own content, Their debut EP, Beyond the Red Sky, is going to be released later this year, I've been informed. But for now, you can listen to their first single. It's called The Hidden Secrets. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Pyramid take your colors, cause lies You decide what you can't deny Something's hidden in plain sight Imprisoned In a vision in mm-hmm. to the No reasons in realms Mechanisms Compels
0: The best of new metal out there, and that certainly hit a spot with me anyway. Headbanging furiously along to it, and it came in at 2 minutes and 14 seconds. These lads, it's hard to believe that they're releasing only their debut EP later on this year. I reckon they've certainly sharpened their playing chops with other bands, because that is the sound of a mature Class band, and as you all know, I love my riffs, (laughs) and they certainly packed them in in that short period of time. So, if you want to get in contact with Wolf Acid Ritual, drop them in email to wolfacidritual at gmail.com. They're on all the social media sites Instagram, Facebook, etc. And thanks again, lads, for submitting that track. I hope. I've won some new fans for by playing it on the show. Next up are a band that are no strangers to these shores. It is the magnificent King Witch. King Witch, of course, featured on the Metal Cell podcast um, in August last year when they played an absolute stormer of a set at Condyle's Monolith Festival in Cypress Avenue, Cork. And, of course, they did play Fred Zeppelin's Dolan's a few times one of them being the siege and up in Belfast as well so it's fair to say at this stage lads we have the Irish passport stamped and ready for you if you decide to move from Edinburgh only a few weeks ago I was talking to Chris Luke and Barry of Dog Tired and they were telling me as well that Jamie um, and Laura both worked on their album Jamie producing it and Laura doing the artwork. So if you don't know too much about King Witch, um, they were formed in 2015, as they say, in a dark cavern underneath the streets of old Edinburgh. And it's a lead-heavy brew of old-school metal and the meatiest of 70s classic rock. Um, <laughs> so figure that one out. But um, they draw comparisons ranging from Black Sabbath, Candlemas, Macedon, and High on Fire. Um the band are absolutely brilliant live, as I can attest to. They have two releases behind them so far. Um, one is an EP called Shoulder of Giants, and the other one is Under the Mountain, which was released in 2018, uh on the French label Listenable Records. Both of those releases are fantastic. And the best part is on Friday, the 24th of April will see the release of King Witch's highly anticipated second album, Body of Light, which further focuses their ability to fuse dense riffage with haunting yet powerful vocal lines and melodies. Body of Light's wider dynamic range takes the listener on an electrifying journey from dark, brooding passages through to full-tilt heavy metal glory. I must say, I'm really, really looking forward to this release and... I have an exclusive for Eat, courtesy of Jamie and Laura, Rory and Lyle. They have given me the title track, and you are just about to hear Body of Light. Enjoy. the fantastic king witch with body of light and um, jamie that guitar tone is really really fucking cool and a beautiful solo as well uh, right in the middle of it the track itself just brings me to a different almost reality um as fantastic a band can do that with a song uh, laura's voice as usual top class nails it And there was a really cool change in the middle of it as well, allowing the rhythm section to absolutely kill it. Again, just to remind everybody, the album is out on April the 24th, which is Friday, the day this podcast is released. So you'll be able to check out all the links in relation to the band. I hope it's a massive success for you, lads. And thanks again for submitting the track to the Metal Cell podcast. Now, on to the main interview. Yes, it is. It's Evan Prendergast of Worn Out and Dave Moore of Today FM's Dermot and Dave. I hope you enjoy it. And we are live. Hello, everybody. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I am delighted to welcome Evan Prendergast of Worn Out and Dave Moore of, I suppose, The Worn Out Fan Club. Of the Worn Out Fan Club and Dermot and Dave Today FM (laughs) fame. You're always going to be branded as that yeah. I anyway But how ho bad fair enough. It's
2: nearly been 20 years So I suppose I should have kind of accepted it at this point Are
0: you serious? It's been 20, 20 years
2: uh, This is our 18th year Yeah we were put together in 2002 Put together Like a, like a boy band like. <laughs> like a boy band It was <laughs> Louis it was Walsh worst.
3: saw the two of oh. me being like This is going to work They should be friends for life
2: <laughs> It was like A grown-up's play date So Somebody God bless her heart. Her name was Karen. She was tasked with the job of finding new radio talent. Okay. She found me on a voiceover CD. Uh, there ensued some weird meetings. But anyway, long story short as I was put into a room and she went, that's Dermot, Dermot, that's Dave. And she kind of, as we <laughs> shut the door, went, you guys get on. And then I'll be back in twenty minutes, and that's literally what happened. And she came She's back in and the said, longest twenty minutes of your life. You haven't seen her since. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> she came back and she said, uh, "Are you friends?" And we looked at each other and went, "Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I think we are best mates after twenty minutes." Like, <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> I From kind of,
0: now. I kind of did something similar, Dave, in relation to Evan, Danielle, and Jack. Three you different. Did to be fair, yeah, three different personalities, but. I had Danielle on the show and Danielle just yeah. blew me away with her knowledge and she's just so so great and great outlook, great perspective, and a metal fan. And I was thinking, Jesus, Danielle is wow, I need someone else. And then I thought straight away, Evan, a no-brainer there, straight away, he'll talk for Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it> will <laughs> And uh but they had never properly met before. Would that be correct, Ev?
3: Yeah, no, I actually hadn't met Danielle at all. The first time I met her was when she collected me in the car. And Jesus, like it was really? A, okay. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was sitting there and, like, there was this extra pressure of being like, right, we have to be, we have to get along because <laughs> if we don't, like, this is going to be a shit podcast. So <laughs> by the by the time we got there, like, we got out and, you know, at the start it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I might have met you from here. I might have done that. To, like, just two of us absolutely blabbering on that when we got to do in the podcast, we both looked at each other and we like, Fuck, what happens if we've run out of things to say now? Like, <laughs> we just had to repeat. I wish you just put a mic in the car that day, that would have been so good.
0: And then, um, Jack, then, um, who was the third member of the forums, Dave. And, um, mm-hmm. again, it was a case of we need somebody <laughs> really intelligent, really smart, relaxed. really <laughs> relaxed, chilled out, but knows he's metal. <laughs> And um yeah Jack has Jack has all those qualities and again Jack is another brilliant component really isn't It's they, a damn fine team, yeah. It's a great team, yeah. yeah. And um and well, def- I'm happy with it anyway. And is that not true, Ev, that when I texted you and no sorry, when I texted Jack to say, would you be interested in the forum? For some reason he was with you in some bar or no, something. What, what oh, no, what happened was
3: um this was months ago now, but yeah. I was like um Had message. see this, this is why I think it was supposed to happen because I was sitting here um sun just came out. I don't, it was months ago now. So it was like, when we saw sun again, it was like, I have to do something. And I literally just thought like, God, I'd love a Beamish. And I happened to be messaging Jack about some Carosa thing. And it just came into my head being like, I'd love a pint of Beamish. And then Jack said, we should go for a pint someday. And I was like, right, well, how about right now? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I've already thought about it. Walk down, you had messaged me uh, about the well, you didn't actually tell me what was going on, to be honest. I only found out from Jack what was going on. Um he came in the door and we both just kind of looked up after getting added to the group. And as he walked in, we both read it and were like, Okay, cool, we're doing a we're doing a podcast. So I was like, Yeah, <laughs> granted. <laughs> yeah. So all of it just worked well together. Mm.
0: Of course, I, I had the benefit. That. I had the benefit, Dave, of meeting them all before that through numerous gigs and stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know. Yeah, you have to know vaguely who you're putting together. Yeah. Uh, unlike myself and Dermot. To yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you get to talk to a lot more people as well. So fair play to what was her What was her name? Uh, Karen. Karen. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, yeah. Karen. Are Thank you still in?
0: Karen. Are you still in touch with Karen?
2: No, I uh, Karen like kind of disappeared pretty quickly. She closed the door
3: and never came back.
2: Yeah, she was one of those people who just, she found talent and then she disappeared into the night. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and we started on air like a month later or even less, I think it was crazy. But uh, uh, yeah, and it was like, you're talking about, you know, I hope this podcast goes well. Like we started on the breakfast show on 98FM in Dublin, which is like, it was the biggest radio station in Dublin. It was the biggest breakfast show in Dublin. What year was was that, Dave? 2002. Okay. Okay. And yeah, it was it was an insane stage to be thrust on. Like I had never been in a radio station. At all. It wasn't like I was like, you know, hope hope, you know, spent years trying to get there. Like I was I was doing other things and
3: you were you were um you were pretty much just like a record producer then, weren't you? Music was kind of what you were doing then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I uh Finished school and went to Trinity to do business studies in Russian, which is obviously ah. what every every musician wants to do. <laughs>
3: well, you had the lads in Baylor. I know that. Like that was the, yeah. that's when I found out you spoke Russian. Is when like Chris was sending you things to no
2: way to translate.
3: Yeah, yeah. When when the lads did the tour in Russia, they were sending stuff to Dave, being like, "What does this mean?" I think there was something like, "But just get over there." That means they want to hurt you.
2: I <laughs> may, yeah. I may have. I may have Exaggerated how, a bit. Their- <laughs> how 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 would you've
0: known Baylor though?
2: The- oh, just uh, through like social media, like oh you know, okay. the Same way I got to know Evan and kind of everyone else that I know through uh, in the metal scene these days. Because uh, I'm long out of it. I, I sent you guys a video earlier on of me when yes. I was 16 playing the Grattan pub in uh, in Capel Street. Look, I, I've been music all my life. I've been metal all my life. Uh, picked up a guitar when I was 12, and just immediately the first thing i did was go to my friend's house who had plug, he had a guitar that he plugged into his dad's stereo that he found a way to wire it to make it make noise and <laughs> um, the first thing we did at 12 was record a version of for whom
0: the bell tolls cool and um, now how did you get we'll say intimate like how did you hear it even at 12 limerick is to blame Oh, okay. So
2: my my cousins uh, my both my, but my parents are from Limerick. Um and my mum is from a place out on the Ennis Road called Kilcornan. Uh it's near Currit Chase, and i don't know if you've ever heard of that park mm-hmm. there. But um so anyway No. Kilcornan. No, I've heard of. I'm not even no. gonna pretend I did. Yeah. Uh so it's Keaton, Kildymo, Kilcornan, yeah. they're all around the same area. So anyway, we spend all my summers down there and uh so sh- my aunt lived across the road from my nana granddad's which is where we go but my aunt had sons that were the same age as me and older mm-hmm. so i hung out with the one that was the same age as me Stephen. but then emmett rory and trevor were all kind of two years older two years older two years older. so obviously Stephen and i both looked up to them so much and uh we sat down one day and they went hey have you ever heard of metallica I was like no Eleven or that time or whatever, and they were like, well, listen to this." And they put on Kill 'Em All. Oh, oh lord!
0: In the sitting on, on vinyl, impressive on vinyl. Yeah, cool. And look, I had
2: liked music, and I had sung in the school choir, and played piano, and done lessons, whatever. And that was it. And I loved music or whatever, but I like, I wasn't virtuoso at anything. I hadn't, you know, hadn't. No one had said, "Oh, you're the best singer in the world," or no one had said, "You know, oh my God, your piano grades are amazing." I was just like some kid, same as everyone else. But I heard this. I just didn't know what it was, but I knew I really liked it. Um, so then they did what we did back in 1986 and 87, which is we made a tape from the record. Absolutely. So I had Kill Them All Boot-legged. on the one side. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side, had a band called Raven. Oh, yeah, Raven. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the album now, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it was Raven on the other side. And I went back to Dublin and I had this tape and I finished national school and I just listened to it over and over again all through the summer started in secondary school and I met this other guy Dunica and he was. I was like oh do you ever, do you hear like Metallica and he's like yeah I love Metallica I was like what? you love Metallica? I love Metallica do you ever hear of Raven? he's like oh no I was like do you ever hear of Anthrax? no so <laughs> that was we just started kind of cast. educating each other and then he's the guy whose house I went to um, when like it was literally, God, it was three months. Yeah. So I got, I got my, I got a guitar for Christmas. So we're doing Christmas 87. um, And we went over and like, think about it, like 87, like justice wasn't even out. No. Yeah. So we were, we were covering for whom the bell tolls. It was a new Metallica song. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's how old I am. That is crazy Uh, to
3: think for me, even like, as in, yeah, or and like, Kill 'em all, just coming out. Like I wasn't, I wasn't born then. No,
2: <laughs> well, sure. What, what age are you?
3: I'd be thirty. Uh... Come, on, come oh, on, next month. Next month.
2: <laughs> yeah. So hang on. So oh what year? God. That means you were born in nineteen ninety. Nineteen no, right? Yeah. Yeah. So them Kill, all was eighty
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, nineteen
2: ninety. Yeah. That's how it works. Well, that's Killamall how time works. Like <laughs> eighty three, Puppets... It was uh right was 84, Puppets was 86, 86 and yeah. Justice was 88. 88. Yeah. So I That's, mean I, like, I didn't bizarre. even exist. You didn't That's exist bizarre. when I, didn't exist. I was being I was being you know formed and shaped in my my metal <laughs> ways. Um, <laughs> and I which, was yeah, created so in your honor. <laughs> you were uh so Dunnock and I uh obviously firm friends, but we also played everything together. So he was an amazing guitar player, he was always like a year ahead of me in terms of experience and about 10 years ahead of me in terms of ability just brilliant but what that meant was i had somebody to learn from mm-hmm. and then i was just one of those kids where i was dedicated so i would sit in my room with my terrible taste jazz master and i would practice and practice and practice and if for whom the bell calls didn't sound right i would play it until it sounded right yeah and I was so enthusiastic you know not not that, again I, I was always the rhythm guitarist and i was always fine with that I, I never i never had aspirations to be the lead player but i just wanted to be as good as i could be you know in in that style of guitar and james's right hand and then you start listening to as i said anthrax and slayer and yeah. testament and you start realizing there's so much out there um so then the video i sent you guys would have been what 91 so evan would have been just born and I was gigging one year in the grounds, prime old. of my life, prime of my uh, life.
0: Dave, but yeah, where, we were. Dave, where's the where's the Grattan? I lived in Dublin for nine years. Is that somewhere down towards Capel Street? Ka- yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Saturdays was down there as well, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, that's right down that direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we would have done a couple of gigs in like. Um, in youth clubs and things uh we did one in tier Lear and clontarf we did another one at battle of the bands in in ratgar somewhere in a church i think and then this was our first kind of pub gig uh we were like i was 16 everyone was 16 except the drummer who was 14
0: jesus and okay. 14 was
2: unbelievable 14 yeah we had to lie and tell everyone that he was 16 or something to get him even into the pub to play the gig. But
3: that's um, happened so many times. And yeah, totally. God alone did that oh. uh, up until... Yeah, God like,
0: alone, yeah, exactly. A year ago,
3: maybe? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that was about... Dave, you're not yeah. doing justice as well to the fact that you had this long blonde... It looked blonde to me. It was blonde. Oh, it was, was it, it it blonde, was. He yeah, had
3: Jennifer Aniston hair is what he had. It I was did. Jennifer <laughs> yeah. Aniston. yeah. Because oh. do you
2: know why, Ev? Because Boy. again, in 1991 in Belvedere, where I was in school, inside in Dublin City, they went, "You can have your hair to your collar," and that meant like at that the That was the fire. Like you could have it here, and and people grew it at the back, and I was like, "I'm not growing at the back. I'm growing ever." And I had a bob.
0: I like, <laughs> basically had a blonde bob. A Jennifer
2: Aniston. Um, a Jennifer Aniston. But I tell you, I grew my hair. Yeah, I had long hair until. Oh, 1994 or five maybe, uh, f- and like it was it was like middle of my back blonde, like I remember <laughs> I remember a friend of mine, Dave Vickers is his name, we' uh, a great rock guitar player, and he saw me outside McDonald's on McConnell Street uh, on a Saturday morning we were going to do, we were doing a music school musical or whatever, and he saw me and he hopped on me and like dragged me to the yeah. ground as you do when you're <laughs> 16 or 17. Uh, and I screamed like a girl because it was a girl that he had hopped on outside McDonald's and not me. I was nowhere no near way. the place, <laughs> thinking wrestled, it was you. He wrestled this oh poor my unfortunate God. girl in a black oh my jacket to the
0: ground. Do you remember um, Skid Row back in the day? Yeah, oh, not I the Tin yeah, Lizzie Sebastian. version. Oh, yeah, Sebastian Back. Sebastian Back. Have you heard of him, Ev? Sebastian Bach is an absolute gobshite. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Go on. But back <laughs> I know in the exactly day, who they are. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, um, I'll never ever forget it. We were in Eason's um, newsagents in Cork, and one of the buddies was with me, and I just threw this magazine over to him, going, "What do you think of her?" And he goes, "Oh, she's a ride! Look at that! Look at that!" <laughs>
2: Sebastian back. Yeah, well, when when I was, when I was in first year in college, then doing my business studies in Russian, uh went into the there's a massive lecture hall in Trinity. I mean like like five, six hundred people. It's huge. Like and uh I'm a very very good student and everything, so I sat right up the front so I could hear the lecturer now as clearly as possible and take all my notes on my first day in business lectures in Trinity. Best boy, like. Yes, best boy. Go home and tell my mammy now how, how good I was. In, in Best boy, David. Best boy, David. So I sat up <laughs> there, and it, if you know the way college uh, desks are, you have, like, on the right-hand side, you have a flip-down kind of L-shaped desk where you can put your pad down, whatever, when you, when you sit in. So then mm. I, I would have flipped my long hair over to the left <laughs> so that I could see what I was writing on the right. And I spent the whole time flipping my hair over and flipping (laughs) my hair over. And I learned uh, about two days later that one of my now best mates, Richie, who I've been friends with for 20 years, was sitting up the back and he was paying no attention to the lecture whatsoever. All he was doing was rating the females in the room. <laughs> so he would say, like, oh, you woman with the black hair sitting two seats over from me? She's a six out of 10. You woman with the orange hair down there? Yeah, she's a seven. And he goes, but no, no one compares to the blonde in the front. And he <laughs> keeps called, showing he, it he, off. He, like he that's... called her Flicky. He's like, Flicky, he, yeah, yeah. Flicky in the front. She's, she's, so, she's a 10. And then, and, and then she wants lect- everyone
3: to know because she's at it the whole time <laughs> as the well. Whole time like flicking, she's like, yeah, oh,
2: this my lecture, whole thing. God. The lecture ends, and at the time I was a, I was a pretty serious athlete, so I was, I was fairly well built at the time. So at the time, like, the lecture ends, and this six foot one, like, muscle bound, blonde lad and goes,
0: "All right, where are we going for lunch?" And your man's like, "No, Flick, <laughs> he's a guy. Think he's a guy." <laughs> 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 oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah. so you went then after you did your business you went to new park music center. that's right
2: new park music center yeah um because do you know why like I, that was a jazz course and look i, I love jazz and you're, jazz. So you're a
3: jazzy guy dave I'm you a are jazzy a jazzy kind guy. Of dude yeah
2: but i'm certainly not uh, i don't have jazz talents and i knew that but what i wanted to do was, i wanted to st- I was so such a good boy. I was so ensconced in my studies from doing my finals in Trinity that I think I said to myself, look, my parents always agreed if you get your degree under your belt, we'll support you in your music. You can drink as much as you want then. Exactly. But (laughs) I suppose I kind of had to be realistic and go, well, if I just drop this kind of whole study thing that I'm in and I've turned down a job in Moscow and it's a lot of money and I've turned a career, I've, I've paused that, you know, like I need to... I need to make sure this works, and I was like, but if I just start sitting in my bedroom, in my parents' house, writing music and hoping that somebody I was like, that's not gonna work. Like, so I kind of figured maybe if I study music, but not music, like go to you know, do a degree in music, I was never gonna be that kind of guy, but study some kind of music for a year that'll have allows me to have free time to write and produce and learn the ropes and do all that stuff, but at the same time, I'm I'm in the kind of academic scenario and yeah. new park was perfect i mean the, the gilford brothers out there who, who taught me like they are some of the best jazz musicians the country's ever seen and it was just such an honor to study with them even if the music we were doing you know were jazz standards and like it wasn't there was no metal and I, at the time I, all i wanted to do was play metal for fun but i wanted to write and produce pop so yeah, there was none yeah, of that yeah. either so there was n- there was nothing musically really in it for me except for the fact that it was such a broad education yeah. in music and musicianship and seeing how chords work i remember one of the most freeing things that's ever happened to me in my whole life in any realm was one of the guys played a note on a guitar and he said okay that's like e what what chords you know can, can you pick a, an, a note in, in the scale and tell me a chord that will work with E and you're like well E will work yeah E will work yeah uh, A because it's like a 50 like, yeah that'll work yeah whatever and then you know we kind of ground to a halt and went "Oh, maybe like a, if it was a minor what would it be and he went every si- you can start a chord with any note in the 12 notes in our scale and E will be in key and we're like what and he's like well think about it like everyone's like you can't start it with E flat like it's not gonna be he's like it is it's just it's just like a flat two perception like yeah or a flat nine you're like oh wait a minute now obviously they're jazzy chords but I suppose but it was that thing of like music is just this world of opportunity and we all sit with you know G C and D and whatever and that's fine if it's metal it's like You know, drop a and 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 uh, and b flat whatever (laughs) yeah exactly but 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 that's the point that like that there's there's musicality in any kind of uh form and any any attitude you take to whether it's jazz or metal or pop or whatever that like you know you're still dealing with this kind of same window of opportunity and i mean i brought loads of metal stuff into the music i produced pop wise and
0: but that why did, did, lot, why, did of, why did you want to go uh, produce and write pop, Dave? Because I've always loved pop,
2: and you have to be fair. Like he's, yeah. he's a boy
3: band fanatic. Like he's oh, a, he's a boy. Like band Richie,
2: I, I'm passionate about. Like I love music, but I'm passionate about yeah. two types of music, and he they is, are like... late '90s, early '2000s boy bands and <laughs> thrash metal. Like, like, the, that that couldn't have put Dave in more of like that's him. Do you know that is. That is Dave. Like Everything else is great. I love jazz. I love you know Coldplay. I love you know Sinead O'Connor. But I don't love those things. I love NSYNC and I love Slipknot. Like yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what gets me excited. But uh, but pop, look, I'll be honest with you, Richie. The other thing is success. Like, you know, pop is at the time it, you got to remember the backstreet boys were absolutely enormous uh, boys Own were enormous uh, in fact sorry I'll, I'll go back the backstreet boys were only getting big in Europe but boys Own were enormous take that were huge like these were there, there was there were bands coming out of the UK and Ireland that were being picked up all the time and I wanted a, I wanted okay. a piece of that you know oh, and right. I wanted okay. I wanted to write for those kinds of acts now I never got to the stage where I wrote stuff for albums for those bands so what i what i would do is i'd be the guy who'd write stuff at a demo level right. that would get these bands signed and yeah. then they'd go to the uk and they work with wayne hector and all these guys who were like yeah, yeah, know, yeah. absolutely massive dudes or whatever okay uh, but yeah but that was kind of that was where my head was at was that like i, I just loved the studio and, and i still i did metal when i was for myself and i was at home and i mean like I, I wrote and recorded loads of stuff and i recorded loads of metal bands but what i did what i tried to do as a career was be a pop writer and producer
3: okay but you can travel the two between each other very easily i don't think it's see i think a lot of the time i think especially with metal i think it's either with some people that listen to it it's they have a very good grasp of everything else you know it's mm, like mm. more i feel like more than a lot of people yep. that they will respect it or they just Want to hear anything that's not. It's it seems to be one or the other. Like Mm. you'll get um like a lot of hip-hop and got a lot of guys that like metal love hip hop as well. Like you know, there's that, and now I think the way music is going, what pop what is actually considered pop is so misconstrued because there's just so many different elements from different types of music that are starting to come in, like um trap is almost pop or like because at the end of the day pop is just what's popular whatever's popular yeah yeah. whatever is popular exactly so it 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 does kind of it comes into itself like
2: you can can bring any type of music into itself in in 2001 i recorded with a very very poppy pop band it was a it was four guys and a girl could have couldn't have been more you know prescriptive pop but (laughs) I they they had half written a song. It was kind of okay. It was called "Under Pressure" and thing. And the more I listened to it, I went, you know what? This needs like metal I get- guitars. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like ugh, no, maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. So then one night I just did it. I didn't tell them. They'd already sung their vocals. I was just producing the track. You know, it was fine. In your own time, and, like. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, they, needed yeah. It, they needed it for a month down the line or whatever for a showcase. And they were like, look, just here. we came in. They were recorded to like a kind of really basic backing track. And then that, that was the way I did most stuff was then I would go to town on the production after that. Yeah, but, yeah. But I sat there, took out my Kerry King Hamer guitar. <laughs> and it was just the little riff was like ding, 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 ding. Diddle diddle diddle, and I was kind of like, hang on, like, Down instead of being yeah. like instead of being a little, you know, a little pop bass, ding ding, I was like, are <laughs> really they horrified? Works. Well, they were horrified at the idea because I told their manager, I said, Look, look, I've got to track produce the way you wanted, but I've done something else, it's got metal production values. Uh, And I mean, I was like full dive bombing on a whammy. It was like, it was only, and I actually, I stole, stole, I I would have of course declared it and uh, (laughs) paid royalties, but I I stole uh, a kick and snare from Limp Biscuit. For the mid late, just because it needed, and there, they happened to be in my mind, it was like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a kicking, a free kicking a snare with nothing else on it in this particular track. I think, grab it, whatever. But I had that in, it, and it really, it. it don't forget, like two thousand and one, new metal was was that everything. Was thing. So that was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they they had a rapper in the band, so you know, so you're kind of thinking like, you know, it's like, you know what it was like when Five did everybody band.
1: A, what yeah. a
2: band Invincible they did. it's unbelievable <laughs> it is unbelievable but they used uh, We Will Rock You now look, like, what I did was infinitely heavier than that but it wasn't a million miles away in terms of concept from mm. taking a rock metal tune and then singing it with pop sensibilities and, and pop production sensibilities producing it that way so it, it worked out really well it's one of the best songs I've ever recorded I think um, and it was, it, was, it was that kind of like, I just always pushed you know, whatever I was feeling like, I suppose from metal as well and jazz, I love different time signatures. Mm. Absolutely yeah. cannot get enough. And one of my aims when I was still presuming that this was my career rather than radio was to write a pop song in 7-8. And I did. And I've played it to, in fact, it was considered by Samantha Mumba when she was a toy to her Frame for her second album. Uh, but in the end, they just they just didn't, they, they went with a different song for that particular place in the record. But it, like she, it got to the point where she recorded it. It was in seven eight, like no one even noticed. Like <laughs> until that's, the only thing they noticed. The
3: thing about seven eight though, seven eight is that like it is that time signature that you you can groove. Like a lot of people when yeah. you're like if you're going for something more jarring, like with say like 5-4, five, four,
2: five, four, yeah.
3: I feel like five is very like okay, this is odd, mm. but if you're doing something like uh, seven eight, like um, one of my favorite riffs in seven is um outshined. Oh yeah, um, yeah, out like sound garden. Yeah, yeah, sound garden. Like, and that's it's just that ninny. That's yeah. it just that's, jumps back in one early. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. And it, but there's no like, there's not that push and pull that you're expecting no. to do. So something in seven eight is completely doable for a pop song. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there's a lot more now songs that are that are in um more odd time. Like, yeah. isn't it in Germany? As a lot of their um like more mainstream popular music is actually in odd time signatures, so mm. they have a become of six, so much four. more. Accosa- yeah, a lot of six, like where mm. we would just be straight four, like clap on. Do you know? Absolutely, like yeah.
0: But I think kind of with the advent of new metal, anyway, it kind of cross-pollinated into the pop world, and certainly totally the rap, did. and certainly oh yeah, rap- of course, yeah, production-wise as well. As well. You know? Yeah, I mean,
2: like you go back to so,
0: so you weren't too far. I wasn't. No, I mean, Corn and, you know? and, and
2: and Limp Bizkit and and Lincoln Park were were as big then, you know, as any band was. And Did you embrace them? Probably some yep. of the biggest. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely loved I loved them as well. I, I love that that idea that you could take hip hop and 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 the bits of hip hop that I really liked. Now, the guys were never as good in terms of being MCs as the guys listen to who were rappers, mm. but but they would take the elements of that stuff that was great and put it into yeah. a really, like really well defined and a really uh, identifiable metal sound. And I think I really enjoyed those those types of things that they weren't, it wasn't a sludgy mix of the two. It was like- oh, It was very you know, polished. Like. Very polished, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the yeah. Dust Brothers production on the Link Linkin Park stuff was just- Oh, it's amazing. You know that the the hybrid
3: theory album was the first CD I owned. Everything else was cassette, and I had right. to like, had to I had that CD. I think that was the first one that came out that I was like, oh, can I get the um cassette version of this? And they were like, it's not on cassette. And I remember going home, being so upset, being like, well, what's the point now? I just can't listen to music anymore. Like, so yeah. what but my and parents course- had like this. Horrible CD player that had makeup on it that I had to hold together if I needed to listen to it. <laughs> so, driving in the car, like I'd be like, new, 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 like I think I heard the, the riff to one step closer like 400 times, and I was like, This is the best thing ever. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> and of course, Linkin Park then brought in Jay Z, but like one of the most crucial albums of that time was a soundtrack called Judgment Night. Oh, Richie, you are speaking my language, buddy. You know. <laughs> What a was, movie, but what a soundtrack. I don't think I ever saw the movie, but the soundtrack has been bought on cassette, twice on CD. It's mm. just one of the greatest. Evan, do you know that? I don't know what the fuck you're talking
2: about. Okay, so <laughs> there was this <laughs> <What>? <laughs> pretty terrible movie called Judgment Night. And it was a bunch of if I remember rightly, Richie, you say you never seen it, but I think my memory starts right. It was a bunch Emilio of up,
0: Est- Emilio Estevez, Estevez, Yeah, yeah. Would have been in they show. ended up in town
2: on some night, and basically everything goes wrong, so they get in a bar fight and then it turns out they fought with the wrong dudes, and then they're trying to get out of the city while being pursued by the seriously bad dudes so they shouldn't have gotten involved with, or whatever and then, yeah. I think Dennis Leary might have been in it, and I think he basically fucks it up for everybody but but the soundtrack though like the Richie saw about, was things like I mean, full on proper MCs like, from the world of oh, hip-hop. Yeah. Not, not, like, the guys in Lincoln Park. Not, you know, Jonathan Davis from Korn. It was, like, the lads from... Like Cypress Hill, Booyah Cypress Tribe. Tribe.
0: They were yeah. all paired up with Mud Mudhoney, um, Fate and Amore. Helmet. Oh, wait, they did, a mix, Amour, yeah. Yeah, like, did it a mix? Yeah, they did a mix, yeah. So, Slayer was so, matched up with Ice tea. Yeah.
2: I'm going to really pull up the, the, the soundtrack here, because uh, it's worth... So, it's Helmet and House of Pain. Oh, Do Helmet. How do you Sack Love and Delta Soul. Live and oh, Color really? and Run DMC, Biohazard and Onyx Oh, that's the man. Do you know what? Actually, do you know what? Classic. I think I do know that song. Yeah, yeah. Judgment Night. I know yeah, the Judgment I know the Biohazard Ice. one. Yeah. Yeah. Slayer and Ice T, Fate and no More and Booyah Tribe, Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, Mud Hunley and Sir mix A lot, Dinosaur Jr. and Dell the Funky Homo sapien. Therapy. And and fatal. Shit,
0: I yeah. forgot about Terpital. Yeah,
2: for an nice band right. to hop on that now. Yeah, really like. that's pretty cool. And Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam.
3: How have I not heard?
2: Like, honestly, this is your this is your musical homework now for the next week. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say <laughs> I'll send you a. a, a
3: but that was a game changer, now.
0: massive game changer. Yeah. It it just broke open both scenes, and um, I think then after that, um, hip hop. Drifted into metal for a while, drifted out, and then suddenly dance went into hip hop, and yeah, away it went. You know,
2: no, it look it was it was a f- really formative time. I mean, I, I was a huge hip hop head. Same. Um, um i was actually a rapper as well. Would you believe? Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? There's a part of me
3: that Go didn't on. even
2: question that. I was like, don't you yeah. miss it Of course he was. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you did not rap. Come um, on.
0: How, how oh you-
2: <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, I rapped. And do you know what? I was really proud of my raps, but what I couldn't do was. Sandwiches. (laughs) What I couldn't do was rap not in a black American's accent. Like, so you think about now, and you think about how everybody raps in their own accent, and it's like Grime, like. Like it's unbelievable. These lads are like literally bringing slang that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. You look at the Jamaican lads, like the Fra- I was a in, at the in French Ireland, rap. there's
3: a there's there's a huge scene in Ireland now. We Absolutely. have uh, we've uh, Nilo, who used to be in frustration, one of the yeah. probably the best Harakov brand to come out. Speculative fiction coming from Cork. There's Hazy Hayes coming from math Limerick man. Kojak. Yeah, Mathman. Yeah. Uh like I saw them at um it's Mathman with mango no i don't know what's yeah mango but uh, i saw th- yeah. happened to just walk in on them on um, not walk in and they weren't like yeah. riding but i saw them at um <laughs> knocking stocking yeah i mean it just blew my mind and i was sitting like you know when you see something live and i came home and i was like listening to it and i was like this just doesn't seem like anything i would have gone for but just because i saw it live and i got the energy of it it's yeah. so good i think because Kojak I have- is leading everyone like
2: yeah at the time like i was like say there was bands like scary era um, oh yeah that's right the Scary The only way that they could channel their irishness was through overt republicanism do you know what i mean so yeah. that like was all in their lyrics and everything whereas like they were genuinely good MCs and you know maybe they just needed a different kind of topic to to have a bit of culture or something but then when i was doing it like and i mean look i I wasn't. I wasn't taking it particularly seriously, I suppose. But like, uh, do you remember? Again, how old you are, Evan? Uh, do you remember the the TV show Too Fat with Ray Darcy and Zig and Zag? Uh, I remember. I I, quite I, I quite do sure. remember that. Alright, chat. Okay. So on that was a DJ called DJ Lee, and he was like unbelievable scratcher, like amazing hip hop DJ. And I was working on the show in the second series where I met my wife. She's Velcro Girl from that show. It's a long story, but basically he was DJing and I was like dude like do you want to like do something together and he's like what are you talking about like, I was like I'm I'm an MC and he's like what and I was like uh, yeah I like, just...
3: seriously see I'm, so... I'm imagining you with like your your hair and you're flipping it back and
2: forth oh no at this like, point at this I just, point I this kind of thing just not as grey as it is now were yeah. um, <laughs> you in but, tracksuit yeah, so I would have been in a tracksuit the rip ups no I don't think I would have been I wouldn't have been that far into it I would have been okay. I still would have been in yeah, I would have been in I jeans and t-shirt. wrong with rip-ups. Yeah, yeah. rip no, oh no, I had the rip ups I had the Adidas rip-ups. Yeah. Ups, yeah. Um, but anyway, I sent him a demo of a track I had done, and I obviously I had production skills as well, so I produced it. And he just like was like, "Dude, I want to work you straight away." So we did a couple of tracks together, and I'm still to this day like I play them for people, and they have they're like, "Which New York, you know, cipher session MC is this?" <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, I just the, feel like you're. Yeah,
3: I feel like that's, that's you're. just middle gonna... class
2: guy from Port Marnock who, like you know, like it, what Dermot loves is I. I, told, I should never tell him this, but I told him on the show one day that one of the lyrics in one of the songs I wrote was "I'm whiling in my Benz, but I'm keeping the speed limit. Spot a shorty, pull over and mess with the a minute nothing in it." Right? <laughs> so I'm whiling in my bends is the opening line, which of course is something that a rapper from the states would say. Oh, the from
3: bends. as you were raised. Now no, here's Dave. the thing:
2: he 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 picked up and he was like, "Hang on." What's over with the Benz? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was driving my mum's A class Mercedes. Oh. <laughs> so, to, like, like to this day, every time I, every, any conversation comes about rapping, someone goes, Dave, you're a rapper. And he goes, yeah, he drove his mum's car. Like, that's literally all I get. And he's right. He's, but that's it. But that, that's the kind of like that's. And the that's a sign of a best friend as well. He'll always put yeah. you down. <laughs> always. Always. <laughs> Uh, which yeah, yeah everything, yeah. so everything.
0: The majority of metallers, and I, I use it now in a loose form because, hmm. um, no more than me and you know, we don't have the long hair or whatever. But I mean, all Evans gang coming through now, none of them have gang. long hair I like that, yeah, yeah, they, they don't, That's you know true. what I mean. And uh, um, hang on there now, hang on there now, okay, go Not on. Not
3: only did I have long hair, I had dreadlocks. We're know. glad that
0: you got rid yeah. of both. Ha- okay. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because I'm doing way better now. Like.
3: <laughs> but it's
2: funny. Richard. I think it. I think it was. Well, I think the the visual element of the uniform and the kind of the social identification as a metler was very important in, in the eighties and nineties. Yes, like,
0: absolutely.
2: You know, and 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 it was. It was divisive in some ways. And like, I remember like the gang I hung around with here and hung around here in Port Marnock growing up would have been a mixture of completely normal, you know, not no musical affiliations people. There would have been goths. There would have yeah. been meccasers like me. There would have been rave kids. And we would all just hung out together. But I certainly remember having trouble with other gangs in Port Marnock. And trust me, Port Marnock and gangs. I'm not talking about gang uh, pilots, I was just about guys. to
3: say, yeah you know it was really off the chain day so <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely literally,
2: ludicrous you should have somebody seen. somebody might hit your your tail out of your hand outside dunes and then run back to their mammy you know but um, <laughs> not my not my country spring no <laughs> but, um, but but at the same time th- th- there was an identification absolutely with a, a group of people and it and it was it was really important.
0: Mm, it was a tribe you know you were yeah. part of a tribe and um you would identify Others through the long hair, through the t shirts, and um, you know, having lived through that and now going to the gigs, mo- <laughs> luckily enough, I still have the hair. For example, I was at Testament Exodus and Dead Engine there, there in yeah. the yeah. National oh, oh, Stadium. You? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. how many ball people? We were outnumbered by ball people,
2: yeah. There was one lad I, I walked past, I swear <laughs> to God, he was like the most taxi driver, Dublin taxi driver, I've ever seen. Bald, short, he was talking me, and he goes, oh, look, I believe I went to the thing, I look unbelievable. I, I was walking past him on my way to somewhere. I turned around, I was looking at him going, What a legend. I was like, he pick, he pick you up in his cab, Oh, well, where are you going? to? Oh, great to have you. Come on, we get there. Like, <laughs> normal lad. And I was like, Here he is, moshing in the pit of testament. Like, unbelievable. Are you going you like, yourself,
0: like- <laughs> it's it's just gone that way now that basically the only way you can kind of identify with the scene now is by a T-shirt or maybe there's, I think battle jackets actually, you're going to laugh at this, but battle jackets are actually coming back into play. Do you know what yeah, battle jackets me, are, Evan? Like- you do, uh, do you know? I know what they are yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah.
3: not 5 I'm 7 like
1: <laughs>
3: but my my thing was I feel like and I think a lot of people relate to this I I feel like I caught this um amazing like mixing time when um Tony Hawk like when like the first Tony Hawk came out and the music in that mm-hmm. so many people like we got like I was skating with my my baggy pants that like Say my my foot is here, but the pants came over like that. Yeah, right. You up, know? right <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. And like absolutely. they were, if, it, even if it was really sunny, it would always be wet up to my like, <laughs> up to my shin. Yeah, I don't so. know. <laughs> 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 I was like, I was doing that all the time, but I would be skating with guys that um, were in full tracksuit, you know, and the yeah. white cap, like the Schwab boys. Like yeah. we had that thing where it was like everyone was just into the the same thing at the same time. Those guys. Would even listen like their their favorite band would be fucking Papa Roach, like or yeah. you know like they yeah. they some of them now will still listen to that era. Yeah. But as it's like then you start diverging as it goes on. I don't know what it's like now because I haven't been um, fifteen and, fifteen years. Like I don't know. Thanks, Tony Hawk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just. The whole point being, the, the lads now that are hammering out the big riffs and everything like that are short hair. They could just be the normal Joe Soap, go about their business. Whereas yeah, it, back it in was, back in the eighties and nineties, completely different.
2: Yeah, you're talking about even say Sebastian Bach talking about, but like that whole thing of like, you know, as a as a kid, the reason I wanted to grow my hair wasn't that I particularly cared about my hair. It was just that that's what all of my idols had. Yeah. You know. And I need,
3: needing to not look the exact same, I think, when I was younger, that's what I wanted to do. you like,
2: wanted to
3: do, right? The, I, I, t- I just wanted to feel like I was not the same. But the biggest game changer,
0: exactly, the biggest game changer, game shaper, <laughs> it, Our shaper or changer, was Metallica releasing the Black Album, and they all fucking got rid of the locks. Then probably two or was three years. Was it Load years. or was it the Black Album? uh it was to was the load, load were they the, to, well well the they released the black well. album they released the black album which was completely different to what we what yeah, we yeah, expected yeah, yeah. of them and then everybody at that stage everybody <clears throat> millions were following them and then they went right okay this is a different way they're going and then the fucking load album then did all the haircut and everybody went fuck is it okay to look yeah. normal as a meddler? And a Mm. lot of people jumped on that, didn't they, Dave?
2: They did. And that's why then I think you got things like the new metal scene because.
0: Or or were were Metallica embracing that maybe?
2: Well, no, I think because it was probably even a bit earlier, wasn't it? Load was probably 95 and 97 for Reload. But I think, yeah, what they had done was they had grown up and they, like, you think about it, like they were 18, 19 when they formed in 81, 82, 83, whatever it was. So by the time they were rolling around into. Uh, you know into the kind of the the 90s and the the mid 90s and beyond they were well into their 20s hitting 30 and they were getting married and they were having kids and you know everything was changing for them but they also realized I think the power they had um, and that they could do whatever like Black Album was so big they could do whatever they want which is kind of what they did for about 20 years and it was all shit. but anyway yeah, it, was. it really was, it really was. <laughs> but but no i think but what, what i suppose the bigger point here is that what they did was by changing the image and changing the music and making it like maybe not constantly making it more accessible but certainly making it uh have a broader appeal meant that metal was able to because metal has always been in in subgenres always like yeah and, i think of and, all types of music there is i don't think there's a,
3: another type of music that has as many subgenres like you're agreed. getting a subgenre that will also have 12 subgenres on yeah. it. Do you know I mean? which is
2: also terrifying as a metal fan because i mean even like like being the this is the flip side of the conversation Evan, being the age that richie and i are uh it's so difficult to keep up with Absolutely. the metal that came f- probably from the t- late two thousands to now, Um, and to to understand and stuff that is sec- like, uh, for example, um the lads in uh, Hero and Error, for example, right? So Robbie, like, is just one of the most incredible guitarists ever. And I listen to him playing. Ah, uh, yes. Out the boys, Shout out wearing to his boys. Hero and Error shirt. That is Robby ridiculous. Is, How many times has yeah. that
0: happened to us, seven? With the t-shirt oh i
3: don't know how many that, that happens regularly like that does like the boys <laughs> are absolutely like ridiculous. shout
0: out the boys shout out to hero and yeah. error wearing their t-shirt but, in case you uh, can't see one it one of the best not
2: one of the best metal bands in Ireland ever one of the best metal bands ever but yeah, if you yeah. think
0: of the technicality
2: of the playing in in hero and error that like m- like metallica was so technical for, for me as a guitarist when I was a kid at that time yeah at yeah. that time and then Dark Angel I remember I remember Dark Angel released an album called Time Does Not Heal. Uh, stop on, stop now.
0: <laughs> that is one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh uh, Richie that is literally James. top man. top
2: top 5 albums of all absolutely, time. Absolutely absolutely yeah. agree with you. But Evan, they released when they released that and I bought it in the sound cellar um from Tommy, Tommy Tye, Tye.
0: yeah.
2: On the the cover of the vinyl was a sticker and it said this album contains 256, I'm making up the number, something like that. Yeah, yeah it 256, was 256. It's, individual riffs. Whatever you riffs. say is, is gospel. Yeah, 256 individual riffs. And, like, when you listen to the album, it is so progressive. That's an extortionate
3: amount of riffs now, David. It is. Yeah, for and someone what, from Port Marnock
2: now, that's an extortionate <laughs> should be a amount of riffs. <laughs> but what they were doing was, they were pitching themselves as more complex than Justice for All that was their key aim was to say we are doing things that are musically more complex we've ramped it like that exactly then then you you think that and then you think about everything that's come, well, when when i listen to hero and error and listen to the guitar i'm like could you imagine if that came out then like you just can't it would it
3: would have got, got wiped over like that's the thing people are that's been, like at the time yeah of course but i mean like the technicality is yes. it's i mean like second nature to you single- guys not me, but every day. <laughs> Your peers, <laughs> my peers, yeah, 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 my peers. <laughs> but the lads, but it is though because um, I mean,
2: like, because we like you know, like think about what how complex you know f- for whom the belt of As long as we start talking about the start, how complex that is. It's not, you know, it's e e e g e e e b a e e. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's not complex. But what these lads are doing and what's what's come out of metal in the meantime. Is like an unbelievable level of technical ability and complexity that was unimaginable to mm. me and Richie back in in the 90s. And Metallic obviously went the opposite. They made it simpler on the Black album and then made it super sludgy on, on load and reload and whatever else. And they veered away from the technicality, whereas other people leaned into it. But that's where these genres come from. But I just I'm kind of envious of younger guys who grew up on. Oh, trivium and Avenged Sevenfold and these bands, oh. so where where the playing is so complex, but it's second nature because that that was there for whom the bell tolls. It was like yeah, I'm going to yeah. figure out a Trivium riff, and I'm looking at it going, "This is insane! I can't do this." Whereas you guys go, "Well, that's what I learned when I was growing up," and you know, like that.
0: That's the advent of Guitar Hero, the game. Did you think so? Absolutely, because I mean, when Guitar Hero came in. People were just like what were the songs on Guitar Hero? Guitar, like. They were just like trivium, all this stuff as well. And mm. kids were embracing that, whereas we were just going, I, I just went, No, fucking hell, this is just ridiculous. I can't it's,
3: play like you could give you me know? a song that I can actually play perfectly. You give it to me on Guitar Hero. Can't do it. I'm gonna fire it all over that thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because
2: you're, you're an actual musician though. <laughs> but like I
3: just and the thing is, I can sight read. Like, if I'm playing drums, I went yeah. to college, I can sight read. I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, cool. I know what I'm doing. But if you give it to me in colors and numbers, which is something that should be easier, mm.
2: no, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, just, I, it just doesn't work for me. Like, it's like every time I look at a, you know, these 15 guitar riffs are underrated on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is the stupid. A musician is the greatest way to learn guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever picked up a guitar <laughs> and then put it back down? Well, here's it. Like, shut up. The only way to learn a guitar is practicing for but hours. But that's it. Like, they, they, songs, you idiot. they
3: pick up a guitar and just go like, no, yeah. good. Yeah, and then it's I, like, but if you pick it up and there's some colors involved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, I think with that metal scene, what Dave was on about there, and then the advent of Trivium and all those, they brought it to the nth degree. They, they couldn't bring it any further. And when when the likes of um, bands came out without lead guitarist and just concentrated on the riffs, which is very much the scene now, again, in the Irish metal scene. They're in... Well, lead, I think in, lead, in the... No lead, lead, like, there is that... At all. Isn't
1: there
3: that, um, that quote from Kirk Hammett where he's like, Oh, man, man. I just don't know why we, we argue about saying that there's no solos, there is solos. Or, like, it's like, and I actually totally get what he's saying. It's like... Yeah don't just say okay we're not doing a solo but if it's if you're like oh that, a solo would work so good there but we're not doing it because we said before we even wrote the song it's not happening and I think yeah. that I, I do get
0: that like the biggest bands out in the Irish scene at the moment Ten Tons Slug, or you know, all those dirty smelly dude. stuff like yeah, like none of them have guitar solos or you know yeah. what I mean It's it's it not required supposed- at the moment and yeah. you know what as a as an old school heavy metal fan, I had to change, but I embrace the new. And I think it's, there's it's more the technicality
3: in the actual playing. And the tone. Hugely, hugely. the tone, the tone is actual, massive. The, the the actual riffs and how things are structured and everything is more. Now there's some guy now that's literally going to be sitting there uh, the second I say this and just be like. Just write my name down and be like, "I'm going to kill this guy." But I think there's a lot more technicality in the songwriting and the ability to play the rhythm that there isn't really a need to have. I mean, do do your solos all you want, but like a band, like we'll say, End. Have you listened? Mm. To, have I, Dave? Have I sent you End? I don't know if no, I have, I but said, like, I've definitely heard them though. But like, oh my god, or that band that I I definitely sent you uh, Teeth.
2: Oh, teeth!
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Teeth, as in like you can't imagine a solo on that because it's just two and a half minutes of carnage, just riff, yeah. riff, 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 and it's supposed to be that kind of like jarring thing that there isn't that time to stick on a riff to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean like there, there's, but even the riffs that they're playing would take longer to learn. Than some of the a solos solo. that were done before. Yeah, but
2: Richie, do you remember Napalm Death?
0: Like, yeah. oh,
3: and I can't believe I was going it, to be able to see them a couple of weeks ago. I love Napalm Death. I have no love interest in Napalm a, Death. No interest. Are you for real? Okay. Yeah, I absolutely. To, absolutely. Nearly begged to get the support slot for that.
2: Nah. What, what, but what I'm talking about though in Napalm Death is remember. I mean, this was a band that was around in late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Um, it was. Birmingham, like yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't L.A., it wasn't New York, it was Birmingham, and they were playing music that not only had no guitar solos, barely had recognizable song structures, and certainly didn't have like things that would be any longer than. I mean, they, they hilariously had a song. They said this is song goes yeah. the BBC, and it was one second long, and yeah. they just played it. Yeah, S- and it was over. Scum was
0: it, or something? Scum, like that, yeah, that was what it was called. Yeah, no, cool and it was pretty much two
3: different <laughs> bands on on on. The album that was released for that as well, like there that's was right, yeah, it on changed. both sides,
0: yeah.
2: But I suppose, but but the point is, like, there's lads who, at the height of guitar solos, were doing music that was different. They were Completely doing different. That was, yeah. and as you said, Richie, it wasn't for you. Look, to be honest with you, it wasn't really for me either. But they were at least, you know, it wasn't as though that's only happened now. It's just there's a cyclical nature to mm. to music and to metal and there's stuff that will come back and stuff that will go and stuff that, like and there's no question that you know in, in a number of years someone somewhere will make a metal song with a an epic guitar solo that everyone will go this is the best thing ever and then the guitar <laughs> solos will yeah, come back true yeah you know? yeah you're spot on but yeah. that early
3: 2000 um, production is kind of coming back it's coming back into hardcore yeah like there's a lot of bands now that are doing that early like the kind of 2000, like the Iowa level um, from mm-hmm. Slipknot um, production, like over in the UK, anywhere there's graphic nature. Um, there's one band straight away that I can think of that are just nailing into that. I think it's a lot in the UK at the moment, but it is like same with um, Employed to Serve. I feel I don't know if it'll come up exactly here, but I think it's it is growing that that, and it's like I think because new metal as well can be very touch and go like you say that to someone and they kind of go
2: oh yeah yeah." but with
3: this it's it's that finding that nice little middle ground of where people are like there's nostalgia but it's not like cringy like it's not just but
2: look you you brought up Slipknot there's a band that has unbelievable guitar solos um like Jim Root plays guitar solos that I absolutely adore um but they don't feature in every track and um, Mick Thompson does it, but they don't feature any, Like they're on their albums and there, there are times when the guitar solo is the most important part of the song, but it's not every time. And it's not like you, you go back and listen to the Metallica's first three records for every Slayer record. You know, it's like song structures were always the same. It was like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, guitar solo, chorus, A, B, outro, A, guitar B, solo. C, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Whereas nowadays there there are still big bands who are still, you know, I mean, I've been around a long time, but there are still guitar solos there. They're just, you've got to dig them out. But I think, Richie, you made a really good point as well about tone. Like, the technicality has been able to flourish because the guitar tones have become so unbelievably clear and heavy, but not sludgy. I mean, look, you asked me earlier on, why did I want to be a pop producer? One of the reasons why I wanted to be a pop producer not a metal producer was metal is hard to produce. Like it's particularly when I was doing it in the late '90s and early 2000s. Like to get good guitar tone in a studio was either having a Marshall and a proper ribbon mic, or it was using some kind of terrible plugin for yeah. Cakewalk. Uh, Cake, you know, oh my time. God, Cakewalk! Yeah, <laughs> cakewalk. <laughs> um, I forgot about so, that. So like that—that that was where I was operating. It was like, well, hang on. There's got to be, you know, I don't have a solution to this. So then it was like, well i'm just gonna do pop because that's clean and easy and i've got all my samples and my synths and yeah. i can play the bass and i can play the keys i can play the i can program the drums i can play the drums if i need to whatever like and i mean that's like that was a, definitely a reason for me to veer out of the metal scene in terms of the production was there were guys with studios full of Marshall's and People could come in and just plug their guitar in and it would sound unbelievable. But I wasn't operating at that level. I didn't have the, the budget to do it. And I also didn't yeah, have course. the interest. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, I, I can find a niche and still spend my time in, in a studio, which is what I loved more than anything, mm-hmm. uh, without having the headache of trying to make someone's, you know, guitar tone work. In, whereas now it would be like, well, there's a free plug in, hit play, go, now your guitar sounds unbelievable, play the riff. That even, even if they bring a bad amp, just reamp
3: it. Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's yeah. there's so many like um I know um Will Putney has so much um things online. Same with um uh Matt Halpern from uh Periphery. Like his yeah. his the get good drums and everything they're just like it's phenomenal what, what you can do now. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like so that whole thing of like some guy can actually just sit in his bedroom and release something that is yeah. if you would have thought even I'm not even going to say this whole 20 years ago thing because no whatever but like 8 years ago yeah 5 years ago like what what the difference of 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 things that you can do now is just amazing like even I'm, I'm-
2: Sorry, you know, go on, go on. No, But even, like, say, the other thing that maybe one of the drawbacks to these unbelievable computer tones is these things we're wearing on our ears right now, which is headphones. So you got to play them realistically through a headphone for them to sound as good as they can. But then you're missing all of the vibey kind of ambience and, and, and the feeling you get of an amp in a room, which is what we grew up on, Richie. But then like Boss just brought out these things called Wazas, which are okay. waza. waza they're a, they're a headset so it's a pair of gorgeous headphones with a little receiver you plug into the jack of your guitar and then it puts your amp in a three-dimensional space no way. and if you if you, you can move around head, the mic yeah, yeah 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 so go away for yeah. example Fuck. yeah like I got them for my birthday like they they're just unbelievable and I mean it's things like say think about it when you were rehearsing you rehearse looking at your amp. It's just mm. normal. You just stand there facing your amp play your riffler. And then when you're playing a gig, your back's to the amp. Yeah. Yeah. And all the sounds coming out this way, and you've got a wedge in front of you, whatever. Okay. Nowadays, you guys probably all have in ears or whatever, but like that was certainly how we did it. Depends but on like, the venue. Like yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but we can, you can do that now. You can I can stand and turn my back, literally just turn 180 degrees, and all of a sudden the amp is behind me. And, yeah. and I can, I can choose it to be on the stage or in a studio, or I can choose it to be static and it just sits exactly wherever we had. Nothing happens. It's, it is unbelievable technology. And like th- this stuff is only going to, you know, become wider and more available. Like uh, Robbie from Hero and error was, uh, was sending a message the other day about guitar tone. And he was saying he used a thing, I think it's called Amped. And it's, it's free. It's a free plugin. I like, think he's and, put up videos of a few a few things that he's yeah.
3: he's done before, right? But it, they're like
2: they're. If, if he's getting that guitar done because he's sending me riffs and I'm like, I'm going, this is just literally the most incredible sounding <laughs> stuff. It's brilliant riffs anyway, but it sounds so incredible. And he's like, oh, it's just this free plugin. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. what it's I insane. Done
0: for that? I interviewed Aiden Cunningham. And that's I was just supposed was... to
2: say, I guarantee
3: you, Aiden wanted. He, yeah. Aiden's a man who loves. At the end of the day. Sorry to could have cut you. No, no, coulda, it's but I I already know the second you started saying this, first person that came to mind was Aiden, Aiden. and I think Aiden yeah. is like, at the end of the day, you can't beat the real sound, no matter how much we can do. And I something about even like maybe maybe it's just me coming from recording it, being like that was done in a studio. that We're cranked it the fuck uh, up. Just listen to it. There is so much you can do, but there's something about the human in the room an amp with the air that's there like in in saying this now like there's guys going to be listening to this being like well actually you're wrong it's like whatever i don't care there's something about like you you can move virtually move a mic around Mm. and it will you know it'll sound the exact same but there's just something for me that not having something programmed but even like if you're playing drums you're playing your snare you'll you'll crack it there's a sample snare that's gonna go underneath that as yeah. well it's not just your snare you're hearing so there's always going to be samples there's always going to be we are we are moving forward in production wise and what we can do as long as we don't just keep it to an un, um a virtual thing because I feel like that would just take away. From a feel, like it could fe it could sound amazing. But if you know, what's the point in recording a drummer?
2: Then, like, mm. we had
3: this problem years ago with eight oh eight.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you mentioned Aiden. Like, like I sent you guys um, my little. Oh yeah, forty. Was he involved in that? Project. Aiden produced it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay. Tell everybody. It was a birthday present Tracy, know. wasn't it? Well, yeah. So she basically like didn't know what to buy me because I own too many guitars and too many pairs of runners. So I was like, what the hell am I gonna get this fella for his fortieth? So she got me, literally got me recording time, and she said, look, just go, go do what you wanna do. I know you love being in the studio. Like, I don't know. She obviously she didn't know what I wanted to do. She's like, yeah. just go. There, there's you know, the, there's the money, and the, I'll mind the kids, and you just go whatever. So I went, Oh my god, I just want to record. Shout Magic. out just, to your wife, legend. Oh, legend. Tracy, is right. Tracy's art's amazing as well. Thanks, yeah, dude. actually,
0: brilliant. I was obviously a researcher and her art yeah. man fucking top class. Uh, yeah, I'll put i I'll put a link in relation to the show as well. Okay. Yeah,
2: because there's a lovely rocker horse she has walking along a moonlit uh, street and he's got a skinny jeans and his school t-shirt on. <laughs> so I was just I about to say, yeah, one. I can
3: imagine like the, the battle jacket or something.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: But oh, my, um yeah, go on. Yeah, so basically I said, like, okay, well, I just want to record a metal song just for the crack, but I want to record it properly. Like I wanna I don't wanna do it myself. I wanna to go to a studio, and I was like, Okay, well who do I wanna work with? I was like, Well, obviously my favorite band is Murdoch, but like I'm not gonna work with Murdoch, like that's ridiculous. What and do then you I went do you know? I went, Well, I do like I do know Aiden like from social media. I might I just message him and see, and I was like hey man and he's like hey dude and I was like listen you uh, still producing stuff he's like yeah it's like are you really expensive and really busy and he's like I am both of these things what do you want (laughs) so uh, he basically I said look here's the story I just I I have some time I want to record something I would absolutely love to do it with you I don't know if it's possible you know he's like of course it's possible you know, we'll pick a date. We'll pick something that works. He goes, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Well, ugh, I'd love to do everything myself, but I'm the world's worst drummer. So, like, I want this to sound good. So I will play the bass, I will play the guitar, I will sing the songs, but I really need a drummer." And he's going, "Well, we just get, we just get Ronan Nolan." I was like, oh, "Ronan from Murdoch." He's like, "What a drummer!" I'm like,
0: "Fuck off, really." So hang
2: on, I'm now going to have the drummer. Of my favorite Irish metal band and the producer, writer, guitarist of my first metal band, making my music, living, so the, like, dream. Yeah. Oh, living, living the, the dream. Oh, living the dreams, right? Oh, so basically, yeah. we we just went back and forth, and we said, um, "I said, look, here's the story. Like, I I, I want to write something new today, you know. And I'll be honest with you, I listen a lot heavier than I write, so I went to write, you know." Do the exact same thing Like yeah. I went to write a Slipknot or I went to write uh, You know Hero and Error Or whatever and, and I, I didn't I couldn't Not, not. If I really wanted to set my mind to it I probably could have But I just said no I'll just write what comes And what came was I suppose yeah. you guys have heard it, It's kind of Alice in Chainsy. Can, can I Herb try Berg-esque, and I think. Please try and describe it for me Because I, I don't want to do it But mm-hmm. what, what, what did what, you, what think did you hear?
0: I was hearing a lot of Nickelback <laughs> <laughs> Nah <laughs> <laughs> I'm so it's been you, nice talking I'm to you lads you, I'm you out of here See you later I'm telling, lads, oh. I'm telling you, If Chad Cougar Decided to pack it up In the morning You're in there Dave
3: No I think I'd think, have to it, grow the bob back I remember the first time You sent it to me The first really? thing I thought Was no, no, like i uh, messing
0: i messing. No, messing It, it sounds know. so much
3: uh, Like it's an Alice in Chains Curb dog thing And in my head I was like Because I know Cormac Battle um, yeah. Was with to fm 2FM yeah alright
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah like, that's fact it, yeah.
3: is it yeah is like is it just like a radio voice that has that vocal sound that I was had listened to for so fucking long yeah growing yeah. up like but I love it like I love it I think it's Thanks, so man. Yeah, but look,
2: here's the thing we're talking about recording like I mean to get to go into studio with Ronan Nolan like you know I, I sent three tracks over to the lads we only had two days like literally two days because again i'm busy they're busy whatever ronan had three or four hours like that's all he had so it was like what can we jam in we said well, okay look you've sent us three demos we think we should do this one called seven towns that's the one we should do i was like yeah fine uh sorry seven crowns used to be called Seven, seven. crowns i was about to say uh, was yeah, seven yeah. towns i don't even know the name of my own song um but yeah, so we should do that, uh, and then they said, "Well, look, and if we have time, there's another one we should do the leader." And I was like, "Well, we're not going to have time. Like, you know, I want to, I want to do Seven Crowns justice." So look, we'll think about it. So we spent we had a Saturday and a Sunday. We spent the first kind of three hours of a Saturday just setting up the drums, just mm. getting the drum set up right, getting Ronan happy, getting Aiden happy, and then I was like, "Oh, geez, time's running out here. You know, like, ugh, so it's kind of going to definitely going to get the one done." And then we went for a take and Ronan Nolan destroyed everything in on the first take. And I was like, sitting, sitting in the control room, just going like, what the fuck is happening? Like, so (laughs) I've got my guy track playing and he is just absolutely nailing it it on the first take all the way through. And I'm like, Aiden just goes, "Uh, we'll just do another one for look. And I was like, He's gonna do it in two takes, and the second one was just for the crack, like just to have an alternative, just to have another one. You can double yeah. them up if you want. Like yeah, that's it. And then he did, and he did. Then he did the second one. He did. Uh, he did the leader as well. Just again, so we'd have it to build on.
0: That's actually and my then, favorite.
2: Is it? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we—that's it. We just basically we basically went and then and and built the the two tracks over the course of the remaining kind of four hours on the Saturday, and then the kind of eight hours on the Sunday. And and you know what, like. There's a couple of things that have happened in my life, where if Aiden rang me, you know, the next day and went, "Dude, I spilt water on my MacBook and the tracks are gone." Like if that had happened, I would have been disappointed. But it wasn't the point. Like the music was was is great to have in you know for posterity. But the two days in studio with Aiden, with Ronan, that that's what my wife bought me like yeah, yeah. That's yeah totally that's yeah, the yeah, gift yeah. that was that was for me was the most incredible experience it was like these two lads from one of my favorite bands as I said like a band I admired but also humans that I admired like mm. like I remember I remember meeting Aiden about a year ago maybe yeah about a year ago I just literally walked down the street in, on the street in, in South William Street and I turned around I saw him and I couldn't stop myself out of my mouth just came like oh it's the nicest human in the world and I literally <laughs> meant it. Like it just—it just came out of me. I was like, because that's exactly how I felt when I saw him. I was like, its is literally the nicest person that exists. It's this man here. Yeah. Um, and but that—that that was it. It was just—it was those two days in that studio, and like the tr- the tracks came out so much better than I could have ever imagined. And Aiden spent far too long mixing them for the money I paid him and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but, 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 but it was like you know, it was just so brilliant to do that.
0: And nobody can take that away from you, man. You have it no. now, and that's it. I just well, before. Sick tracks, like. Before we wrap it up, how did G2 meet? Probably
2: goddamn social media. I think so, yeah. I think it was,
3: I don't know actually. Was it probably, I I
2: think what happened was worn out. You, um, you guys released a video, was it? Um, when we released with false hope, yeah. You, uh, yes, you released with false hope. The video came out, and then I don't know how I no one sent it to me but i just came across it somewhere and i was like what what's this and then through following back the trail i found baylor had said something about worn out or maybe you were supporting them or it was it yeah yeah whatever it was with some kind of connection and i was like oh, hang on these lads are irish and then i was like <laughs> okay so that's, I started actually, digging, that's, then, that's
0: actually a great point um yeah a lot of None of the fucking Irish bands, the likes of Bale are worn out as well. Are they Irish? Who fucking knows? Do you yeah. know, it's a and great who cares? point. People, but people forget that, and it's not obvious, which is great. You know, mm. yeah, but but not to say
3: that a band from Ireland, like having an Irish sound, is bad. But I think we mean no, like, I, but yeah.
2: it's it's on a par with anything else. I think is, what, is exactly. what I felt about it. Yeah, um, and then yeah, and then I think Evan, I. I'm not again! Not a hundred percent sure how I think. I think what happened was I just got really excited about worn out, started sharing it, and you were like sliding into my DMs, going, "Hey, thanks, man." I was going, "Hey, cool, no problem." And then I remember we were doing a show, a radio show, in our Cork studio.
3: The first yeah. one you did with yeah. Republic of Work, wasn't it? In yeah, Republic yeah. Work,
2: and I was walking out of Republic of Work, and I don't think we hadn't we hadn't arranged like to see other. Well, no, anything,
3: we had not. No, it was you and Dermot at the time, and I think I was walking Sarah.
2: That's how I knew. Happened. I was like, I literally went there's a little dog, because I, I love animals, and I was like, oh, there's like a cute little dog. I went, oh, my God. And I literally, before I looked at you, I went, I think that's Sarah. I'm like, that's literally what I said. And I looked up and I went, oh, it is. They're, they're Sarah's owner, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> yeah. like, you
3: know. <laughs> Are you serious? Is that how it
2: Oh, happens? 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, in the in street. The
3: street. Oh, it was G just, man. it was uh, outside the post
2: office. like That's right. Outside the post office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. Like that was a brief encounter. Unfortunately, I had to run or whatever. But then I made sure the next time I was down that Evan and I got a chance to just like sit down and catch up and have a lunch, and it was lovely. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be doing it as often as possible. I think That's it's
3: great as well to um, do you know, especially in in times like this now, like how the internet actually can, like the fact that we're we're doing this now. Mm. Do you know what I mean like this? This could have put um the metal cell completely on hold and everything's gone but people enjoy stuff like this i hope yeah. they do anyway Like yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, would, it wouldn't be getting as as much but like the same way as me and you became like actual friends like it's yeah. not just like it, it started off being like, oh thanks a million to being like being able to just have a chat have about, a chat yeah yeah what, whatever you want to have a chat about being yeah. able to like when you're down if you know, if he let he'll let me know if he's coming down to Cork, and I enjoy. I'm like, oh, I can't wait, can't wait to see Dave. Like, you know, we'll we'll go have a coffee, we'll sit there. It doesn't even have to be about music. Like, I think no, the last time, yeah, the last time we were down, we just talked about life. Like, you know, yeah. just talk about yeah. kind of how we view everything how we how
2: we deal see with everything. Stuff.
3: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. How we deal with different things. And we've said it so many times on this podcast, but I think I get to a stage where it's like like try like not to be like to, to try bring it down to like a motherly level. If you've not nice to say, yeah. don't fucking say anything, man. Yeah. Couldn't like, agree more.
2: Like there's, there's plenty so, there's plenty of negativity in the world. Why yeah, not just, just, you know, push out some positivity. Guy, like, no, there's yeah, no don't,
3: need. Don't be that guy. Just be the guy that likes a, a post or leaves leaves a little love heart or just says yeah fair play hmm. if someone releases a song like just help them if someone fucking i don't know cuts their hair and you're like oh fucking, you look great anyway if someone compliments you compliment them back
0: it's great as well um sorry to in- interrupt the love fest <laughs> <laughs> I love you, <laughs> come on say it i love you Joe. but um it's and great as well that um, someone in national media like yourself, Dave, um, and that's the reason why I wanted you on the show. Anyway, first of all, shows so much support and is so positive about the Irish metal scene and knows his shit as well. And fair I appreciate play to that, you Richie. Yeah, I'm a huge fan because I know what goes. On. I've been there. Like, yeah, I am yeah. a guy
2: on the radio now, but like I grew up gigging, like it's rehearsing twice a week and gigging every weekend in shitty bars. As I said, with a terrible guitar sound out of a Crate G60 and and an MT2 metal distortion pedal from Boss, it was appalling. But I'm sorry to all the people I put it through. But like, you know, that that was me. I've been there, and and I think if we can foster positivity and exposure and Mm -hmm. highlight the good stuff that's happening, you know, that that's part of of what we need to do in the media. And it doesn't have to be. I don't need a metal show to Do that now. I'm not going to be able to play Worn Out. I'm not going to be able to play. You did once though. Do you remember so, that? Okay, I could play a clip. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And, and <laughs> I definitely did play a clip of Worn Out, but but I suppose look, you know, there, there are there, there. I did, I had a metal show on um on TXFM, and for like 18 weeks, every Saturday night, I played two hours of metal, and I always made sure there was at least an Irish track and error on that radio show. Not because of some kind of pandering, like, you know, oh, I hope the boys hear this and they think I'm great. It was like, because the shit is awesome. Like, yeah, and yeah, we yeah, should yeah. be proud of what we do. And we're proud of you too, And we're proud of Hosier. And we're proud of uh, Picture This. And we're proud of Sinead O'Connor. But we should be equally proud of, you know, Worn Out and Bader and Hero and Error and Murdoch and Zahora and everybody else who's 10 tons slugger doing unbelievable shit. Like, you know, we should be... up. Singing as much as we can about those things. I can't do much on a top forty radio station. Yeah, of course. I, yeah, we all you know, We're all aware but, of that. Yeah. But when I can, to be I no, Dave. You've you've name dropped a lot of Irish
3: bands on that show. When I was working yeah. in English market, I'd just be sitting there working away, and we always had the radio. You have mentioned so many metal, bands, and you found a way to like segue it in, just yeah. being like, uh, do you know, and I know I know Dermot listens to. To <laughs> heavier music as well. Like I know he's a big um,
2: he loves Carnival, loves Tool, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, lo- yeah. he
3: loves them like so. It, yeah. But even just like, cause I, it's not like anyone's going to expect you to be like, oh, why isn't he playing Zora or why isn't he playing yeah. Grey Stag or doing any of this? It's like at the end of the the day, like the amount that you're doing is second to none on any other any other thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like. Yeah. You don't see anyone on like, um, Lyric FM being like, oh, that last song actually reminded <laughs> oh, me of a band I saw the last week called...
2: that, they were I would pay like, money. I would pay money to hear somebody on in Lyric introduce I t- Baylor. I think we all would. After knock music. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I think ultimately what it boils down to is like, my job on, on radio is to, be, is to be me, right? And, mm-hmm. and if I didn't mention metal, if I didn't talk about going to see Testament Exodus and Death Angel, or for example, when Slayer announced the gig in the three arena, uh, like behind my back, my team, my Dermot and the other with, guys yeah, went I out and that, got yeah. me like those front row balcony tickets sorted before they ever went on sale. And like I screamed Slayer to top my voice on national radio <laughs> yeah, because you did, like, yeah, yeah. But if I didn't do that, then I'm just I'm not being myself, I pee sitting down. We're talking about that on the radio, and like everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're admitting your PC." I'm like, "I don't care." Like this. You don't wash your legs, Dave. Don't wash my legs. Like, I don't wash my legs. Who washes? My legs Who washes their legs? <laughs> like who washes their legs? Literally. Um, but yeah, but like I think I think that's part of the metal thing. Is it's part of my personality. It's part of who I yeah. am. And if I if I. It's I,
0: part of who and, you are. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: And, and, and and like that is why it makes sense for me to scream Slayer to talk about worn out to talk about Murdoch and. Like, it's not, I'm not, none of it is forced in the same way that I talk about Manchester United. Like, you know, it's not, it's it's just, it is, it makes up who I am. I had to to get a dig in it, Richie, there. It did,
0: yeah, of course it did. (laughs) yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My dad is
3: going to love this as well. Like, he's going to love this. Noel Prendergast always got you, my man.
0: got you So look, um, like, okay. I, I'm gonna love you and leave you um, I must say um, one of the most enjoyable podcasts I did um, Evan you know how much I love you man and I love you too buddy always fantastic on the show um, check out the forums the Metal Cell forums with Evan, Jack and Danielle um, brilliant and Dave what can I say thanks a million for, for coming on the show and uh, showing your badge of metal much appreciated
2: Listen, I appreciate being asked, and I would love to come back some other time if you if you will have me, because uh, this has been no. the most enjoyable chats I've had in a long time. That's
0: cool. Absolutely, okay. yeah. So you've been Gents. listening to uh, Richie, Evan, and Dave on the Metal Self Podcast, yeah? And uh, <laughs> I was going to say forums. He could be a forums yeah. member.
3: Would do you- we could do this? We yeah, could yeah. do this. We don't this. offer we- as much money as today FM do, but like we're way better crack. <laughs>
0: So uh, check out the metal cell on all the usual social media sites. And um, again, thanks to Dave and Evan, much appreciated. Well, that was one of the most enjoyable podcasts I did in a long, long time. So I'm going to finish with this one last track, and it's a band called Diamir. and they're from Northern Ireland. They were formed in 2018, and it's basically a culmination of a decade's work of sporadic behind-the-scenes writing, composing from guitarist. And keyboardist John Wilson they are known for delivering powerful live performances which helped propel them to win the Northern Ireland hop house battle of the bands in summer 2019 the band have completed the recording of a second single and have a wealth of material composed and arranged by John and they're hoping to get as much of this out into the world in 2020 so the band consists of Peter on lead and back vocals, John on guitars and keyboards, back vocals, Ashley on bass guitar, and Dave on drums and percussion. The song you are about to hear is called Behind the Facade, and it's their debut single. And it's about um, a glimpse into a mind that has gone over the edge and is not coming back. Having listened to the song, you can hear a lot of influences. I, I, I'm hearing Deep Purple, definitely, and a bit of Queen thrown in for good measure. But you can make up your own mind about that. Um, the track itself was produced by John Wilson and recorded in Inca Road Studios in Lisburn, Um, engineered by Ashley Irwin and mixed by Ashley Irwin and Diomir. I think Ashley, yeah, I think Ashley is in so much for the sun. As far as I can remember, I could be wrong. So check out the video as well. The video was done by Harry Bateman of Toast City Productions. It's a really cool video and I really hope you enjoy it. That's it from me. You've been listening to the Metal Cell Podcast. If it's your first time on the show, thank you and subscribe to my channels. They are The Metal Cell Studio on YouTube and www.themetalcell.com. Once again, thank you to the bands that submitted tracks for the show and my two guests, Dave and Evan. So stay safe out there, stay positive and crucially Listen to metal and support your local metal scene.